What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today we have on the, on the podcast Jim Mitchell. Uh, Jim has been part of the PDR industry for 16 years. He runs a successful retail shop, has chased hail, and run his own hailstorms, and is the founder and creator of Real World PDR, an online platform that teaches you the art of paintless dent repair and also some of my favorite stuff about the mindset. Jim has an amazing story of overcoming from being addicted to drugs and alcohol in order to grow, biz- grow his business to now being clean for over a year. His story is filled with lessons and turning points that we can all learn from. Thanks for coming on, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Glad we were finally able to hook up. We've been trying to do this for a few months now, haven't we? We have. Yes. Busy lives. <laughs> um, you know, some people... Um, have things unforeseen circumstances that come up in their life and apparently the reason we couldn't schedule is because you got you got the COVID oh my god my whole family got the COVID so yeah so what happened was there was my grandma was dying she actually just passed last night don't need a pity party we all knew it was coming Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I'm happy for her because she didn't want to live like that but whatever exactly so um yeah the whole family came we were trying to say our goodbyes so my father my stepmom my grandpa, myself, my daughter, uh, we all ended up with the COVID and it just took me right out of the game for like a month. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's real, that's real stuff, man. It's, we don't, I don't know a ton of people. I know a couple of people here and there who have gotten it, but no real symptoms, but you got, you got taken down. So I'm glad you're okay. Um, Thanks, and back with us, but, uh, I like to start because this is PDR related podcast. I talk a lot about mindset and everything, but I'm only interviewing people in this industry. I like to start with the history. How'd you find this weird little niche that we're all in pushing metal completely around. by accident, actually. Uh, so I was working in a factory. If you, if you followed any of my YouTube for a long mm-hmm. time, you know, I used to work at the Subaru factory mm-hmm. here where I live and, uh, I was putting in seats and steering columns and stuff. And I was actually dating a woman whose dad worked out there too, as a team leader. Mm. He came and approached me. He's like, Hey, do you want to get on the, they called it the body reprocess team. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but it's gotta be better than putting in seats. So yeah, screw it. Kind of find out it was a PDR team. So I just absolutely lucked into this having no idea what it was. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that's a, a hell of a good turn of events for me there. Yeah. So, so the, so you said the woman you were dating, uh, yeah, I was, was that, dating, okay. I, her dad loved me. Actually, we had stopped dating at that time, but her okay. dad still loved me. Gotcha. So you, at some point, obviously you left the Subaru plant. I had a little bio in there about you run a retail shop, Chase Hale. How did, how did that happen? How'd you, they taught you the skill and then you got good and left. Yep. So kind of discovered I had a, a bit of a knack for it. Yeah. And whenever you're working in that factory environment, you're never working on anything big, but YouTube was around. I was watching Sal and these other guys do mm-hmm. these big repairs. And I was like, well, I want to try that. Uh, so I stepped out and at first I was just running a route, uh, just a mobile route, retail and wholesale. Um, and then how I got into the hail was, this is a good story actually. Yeah, uh, I, I, I bought a bar for some damn reason because I'm a genius, I suppose. So <laughs> I bought a bar, uh, 
I think I liked at the time to drink more than I like to run a bar business. And I think I probably still, you know, uh, I'm really good at the bar stuff. Like I'm really, yeah. (laughs) So what happened is I went broke. And so I had to go chase hail and I was completely unprepared for that. But that first hail storm I landed on just taught me a bunch. I still think hail, everybody should do hail uh, for a while. It teaches you so much about running a business that it's, it's hard to get anywhere else. Interesting. Okay. So you think everybody should chase hail at some point or another because of what you learn at the storm or running? You, know, you were just working at the storm, but you just, yeah, learned. I mean, but still, if you spend a year in it, you go run a storm, whatever, like yeah. you literally hop in your truck with a full business to get set up in some town that you've never been in. Mm-hmm. You unwrap that shit, you get your advertising down, you get everything like that is like speed school in running a business, like customer service, all this. So yeah, I think that that's a really valuable experience for techs. I, I believe anyways, it was that, for me. Yeah, I totally, I, I could totally see that. I've never been a part of a hailstorm. I've been running a business in Northern California for, uh, for a long time to help my dad with stuff and yep. uh, never have chased or, or um, brokered or anything. So interesting. Um, maybe I think, I think in your situation where there's already an established business that you can different. learn from, yeah. that, that's a bit different. But for me coming from a factory, I don't know how to really run a business, right? but then I see how these guys are ranking on Google within two weeks of getting there. Like that has translated really well into the retail world as well. Right. For sure. Um, Okay. So you've, so you've done that. You came out, you're, you made a somewhat of a successful route. At least you were working doing PDR, Mm -hmm. decided to get out of PDR, purchase a bar. And then I didn't, I'm, I'm a sucker, man. I, okay. I decided to purchase a bar and still do PDR. And still do PDR. Okay. You're going to run right. two full businesses. No problem. Got it. That's a, that's kind of how I roll. That's what I'm yeah. doing now. I was, I was up to three there for a minute. That's yeah. <laughs> so went broke, chased hail. Um, and now you, you've landed in a place where you have a shop, you are doing a lot of video content. You have an online platform. Um, tell us how that, where that, how long did you chase hail for? And then when did you land in a, in a location? So I ended up chasing hail for over three whole years. That was okay, my yeah. full-time gig for three years. And then I got extremely lucky. I was on a storm in Tennessee mm-hmm. and I started getting phone calls from home that it was hailing on my hometown. So oh, wow. when that happened, what I did is I took that, you know, that blessing that we get sometime with hometown hail. And instead of going out and buying boats and cars and stuff, I just purchased a retail shop uh, and basically reinvested all of my hail money mm-hmm. from my hometown storm into a retail shop because my daughter had just been born and that'll do it that'll do it and i wanted to be there every day for baby girl and that's what i did man that's awesome man so all the all the all the uh had to walk lock my door kids are trying to get in here um speaking of kids good timing (laughs) on that one um so that how old's your daughter now uh she's three she's three okay so this was just a few years she's almost four she'll she's almost four so i've had the retail shop for four whole years now Gotcha. Okay. And, and I, in the bio, I think, I think, I mean, I know you from this way. I think a lot of people know you from, from this is the real world PDR stuff. I mean, I'm not in the hail world, so I wouldn't know you from that, but I know you from the real world PDR. So when did, when did that enter into the um, equation? Was it after you, you settled down to the hometown with the shop? Uh, Yeah. Like, because I was able to translate the skills I learned in hail, Mm -hmm. apply it to the retail shop. I grew the retail shop from nothing uh, to doing a million dollars last year. So the first three years we grew it from that. Um, and honestly, 
I just like making videos. That's how it started. I just <laughs> like making videos, right? And then they started to resonate with people. So I actually had Dent Tools Freak. I don't know if you remember that one before. I do. I do. Yeah. It was just honest tool reviews. Um, oh, that was that you. Was, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It started to be so much drama, people getting pissed off and what mm-hmm. have you. So I just kind of moved away from that. But in the background, the whole time I was making these, these training videos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually interesting because I got presented an opportunity. It was originally for, uh, you know, veterans and, you know, people who've had trouble pass. I wanted to help get them careers because after I got out of the Marine Corps, I stumbled around for a while, not knowing what the hell to do. Like it was a tough time. So I wanted to help those people. Uh, felons. I mean, I know a lot of felons who are good people yeah. who just screwed up, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to be able to provide a pathway for that, but it resonated with a whole lot of people. And so that's where real world PDR came to be uh and we we are helping those people but we're also helping the greater population as well i actually think that's pretty interesting the the topic of of helping people with i don't know if you can say troubled pasts or felons or criminals and things like that um i think because you make that you make those one or two mistakes um big mistakes obviously not small things if you're a felon but bigger mistakes in the past um and you get into a situation where you can almost never get a job you can't get a job. Yeah. It's very difficult to start a business. It's very difficult to do anything. Um, and I've heard a lot of people help me with that. I didn't know that's how it started. So I think that's, that's pretty fascinating. How, how were you, when you started and created that, how were you trying to find, how were you trying to find those people to help them, to help them get into PDR? So it was, um, oh man, I can't even remember the original name of the YouTube channel now, yeah. but uh, like, Dent veterans PDR mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. or other, so mm-hmm. it was targeting veterans at the time. Uh, but okay. then once you know, once you're hitting five and six thousand subscribers, I ended up changing it. Yeah, uh, to, yeah. to reach a broader market. But hey, can I tell you that I just had a guy from I'm not going to say because I want this opportunity, but I just had a yeah. guy to reach out for me who works with felons uh, who have these job programs or whatever that they're going to start taking part of this program like a trade school. I mean, not a whole lot, like one every couple of months but that sure. makes me feel good because i'm you know i'm doing what i set out to do and that's pretty awesome yeah that and that's i've heard like listening to podcasts and other things i've heard people talking about that as a as a problem you know i mean people the entire point of 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 prison or jail was to was to um, rehabilitate, help people right? rehabilitate right and then so so you go there you rehabilitate you're there for 5 10 15 20 20 years you come out you're still you, you could still be 30 40 45 you still got a long life to live apparently or potentially and uh with no prospects um i think it's yeah. fantastic i think um actually by um dave's killer bread have you ever heard of that Dave's Uh-oh. Killer Bread. It's like a bread. It's bread, like white bread, wheat bread, and stuff. And their entire business model, I believe, last I heard, was surrounded about around hiring people in that situation to make bread to sell. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I'll be buying that bread because <laughs> yeah, I think Dave's, that's one. And the name is I, just like a little bit of it, you know, kind of funny if you have that kind of uh, of dark humor. But the Dave's Killer yeah. Bread, is, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, we we always buy that just because I like what it stands for. So. I think that's yeah, fascinating it, that you went there and that guy reached out to you. Really cool, man. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. It's uh, his business name's kind of funny. Again, I'm gonna just leave it a secret mm-hmm. for now because you know I don't want competition. I really want this opportunity. That's fine. But the name's pretty cool too. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Um, so that real world PDR started as that and turned yep. into at least. I mean, one of the two for sure. The or it's either number one or two as far as training websites go in the industry. 
Um, uh, yeah. You know, and like, even though he's not with me now, I can blame that all on Casper because he came to me and uh, I spent every day training this guy. And that's where I learned like, Hey man, I like to teach, you know what yeah. I mean? He just wasn't that great of a tech when he got to me and he worked with me full time. So we were just tossing ideas and I was able to boil it down to simple concepts that are repeatable yeah. and bouncing things off of him and seeing what resonated is now what I put into the videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's become popular is I've really been able to, to boil it down to the meat and the potatoes and repeatable processes and, it's just great, man. I yeah. I can't thank everybody enough for all the support. Like who'd have thunk it had been me, you know? <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's one of the lessons in the whole thing too, right? Is that um you could almost go back and say a few years ago you had no business starting a training website. There already was one that everybody, you know, a lot of people knew about that was fairly successful. Um, you had no prior experience doing that. I mean, the list goes goes on about why you could have not done it, but what you yeah. did was follow, just follow the things that you love, follow the passion that you enjoy and follow that. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, you're like, oh my God, this is like a full on business now, right? Yeah. It's almost, it was before COVID hit, it was my full-time job, but uh, mm-hmm. that is something that I preach. If it's not PDR, whatever it is, find mm-hmm. a passion and just get fucking good at that. I'm sorry. Am I, am I allowed to cuss on this yeah, you one? Could cuss, yes, of course. <laughs> All right. So get good at that one. Get good at what your passion is and find a way to monetize that shit later. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, you know, have you ever met somebody that's really put their full ass into something and not been successful at it? Like really, really, truly live for it. Yeah. No, not me neither. No. You know what I mean? No. And if it's not PDR, Hey, don't do PDR, but find that thing that just makes you happy and just do that. And, and it, I'm and fortunate. It, I keep doing what I like and people, you know, keep enjoying it. So it's great. That's, that's a wonderful thing. And it, and it can, it can change over time too. And that's what some things I work with people is that um, your passion can be when you're getting started to, to dominate the wholesale market. And that can change to doing a high end retail shop, or that can change to um, getting into other aspects of reconditioning besides dent repair, or that can change to chasing hail. And for me, it changed to been doing this since I was about 14 years old. Cause my dad started it and forced me to go to work with him in between high school summers um, my passion for PDR kind of dwindled over time. And for, I, I found my passion in helping other people this way. And so I'm like, okay, it's a little different. It's a little unique, but now I'm going to go start doing the coaching side of things and help people grow their businesses because that's, that's where my passion is now more so than actually physically pushing dents. Um, and dude, that's and, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, we spend, we spend half of our lives that works. Why yeah. hate what you're doing? Like do something you like to do, man. For money that's why people do it that's why people stick around there's well, there's no doubt about that dude it's those golden handcuffs man i always mm-hmm. said this about the factory you know i left a 60 70 000 year job jumped into the blackness mm-hmm. there was no prospects really mm-hmm. everybody told me i was gonna fail but i knew that i i felt like i was checking into prison every day at that factory yeah and so it wasn't worth it to me so that's why i got in and started the wholesale stuff because I just wanted to be happy. If I'm going to be at work, even if it's a pay cut, just let me be happy. And that was worth more than that. But those golden handcuffs, man, 60, 70, it makes you feel like you're stable, but you never really prosper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're never getting ahead. So, yeah, I mean, money's a dangerous, dangerous thing. I think people have bad relationships with it and they cling to it too tightly. Like, There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me, me personally, my mindset has changed around money, money over time. I used to be more um, guarded with it, um, trying to accumulate it as much as possible. But now I, I try to think of it as a tool because that's what it is. I mean, 
money is used is used for a tool to get things done faster than you could on your own. Um, and when you can yes, change sir. your thoughts about that, then you can start to use like, okay, you have this toolbox for PDR. You have this toolbox full of all these tools. Like which one am I going to use? Sometimes money is the best tool that you got, <laughs> whether it's like exactly. paying somebody for marketing, hiring somebody, even before you feel like you're ready, like, you know, depending on what your goals are, that's, um, Dude, that's brilliant. I'm so glad you said that's what I'm, that's what I'm, it, it's, it's a tool or it's fun tickets, right? Yeah. Have some fun with it or use it as a tool to make you more money yeah. and then use that money as a tool. Like trying to hoard that shit doesn't really do a whole lot for you. No, no. I mean, maybe 30 years from now, you'll be, a, you'll, you'll finally feel like you're financially set or whatever, whatever my goal was of the independence of, of actual laboring every day. But what I realized was one, I'm never going to stop working to some extent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yep. The whole reason for me saving and accumulating the money and working my ass off to get it was so that someday I can do what I want to do. Um, mm -hmm. But like, why the fuck would I wait 25 years for that? Why don't I just try I to incorporate no idea, that in my life now? Um, yes. So here you God, go. Because, because people are scared. People are scared to make that move. Man. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a shame. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been broke before. You've been broke before. We've mm -hmm. all been broke before. And look, we all survived it. Like, if I think that I want to make a run for something, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And if it makes me go broke, hey, you know, I just work my way out of it because mm -hmm. I've done it again. I've done do it before. It again. You know? Yeah, it'll be easier the second, third, fourth time around. Exactly, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so the, on the Rare World PDR side too, I think something that's unique about what you're doing there, and feel free to to talk about it and promote it a little bit on the podcast. Totally cool with that. Um you do PDR training, but also, and I think this is where we got a little bit connected over social media is that you, you don't just focus on the PDR side of things. Cause that is one aspect of it, but you focus a lot on the mental training or the mental side of that. Um, can you speak to yeah. that at all? Well, I think, uh, yeah. So I'm a guy who has screwed up everything, right? I've had bad mindsets. I've had bad relationships, whatever. And so if I can pass that on, because the technical skills of PDR are one thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to market, if you have a loser's mentality, if you know, you're killing yourself inside of your head all the time, like I, I did before, mm -hmm. you, you can have all the technical skill in the world. Nobody's going to hear about you and you're not going to have business. So yeah, I mean, definitely the positivity, I, I positivity, karma, uh, putting people first and the profit comes. These are things that I, I, I preach ad nauseum, man. Like mm -hmm. that's how, how I've always tried to roll. Like, how did you learn? Well, not always, right. You're saying, well, they, not always. Yeah, you're okay. right, yeah. So that has changed. How, how did that start to change? I talked to a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of different cl potential clients and some clients now where, where they're in that they don't, they don't think that they're capable of making six figures in PDR. They don't think that they're capable of selling an $800 debt repair job. They don't think that they're, you know, pick, pick, pick the, you know, the, li the list goes on. Right. So how did you mm -hmm. shift? How do you start to shift from like the negative thinking and not thinking you're capable of doing anything or making big change or building a dent training website or whatever to those thoughts that you have now? Where does that start? Well, real realizing what percentage of my ass I was actually putting into my business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, realizing that, you know, I go and work two days. I'm I've replaced my $60,000 a year income. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing shit. I'm not doing shit for the rest of my time. You know, like this is where, this is what my family eats. This is where they go to school. Yeah. This is where I live. Like, mm -hmm. and then, you know, after you do that, after you say, you know what, it's uncomfortable for me to go do sales, but for me to grow this route, I'm going to go do some sales and realizing that comfort is your enemy. Mm -hmm. Like being comfortable with where you at causes stagnation in my experience, or at least for me, it does. Like if, if I'm always just like, 
super comfy. I put it on cruise control and then I stagnate, you know, yeah. I always, I mean, like that's the be... definition of it, right? I mean, yeah. if, if you are staying within your comfort zone and only doing things that you've already done, that is, that's the definition of not growing and not moving exactly. forward. Right. Um, yeah. so what I've tried to try to learn with myself and try to teach my clients stuff over the time is when you, when you, th- when you have that thought about like, okay, I left my, I left my Subaru plant job. I'm doing my own thing now. And you have this mental cap. You're back at that 70 K 60, 70 K a year. And you're like, this is what I'm worth. Right. And mm-hmm. then when the thoughts come in of like, okay, how do I grow this? And then the, your brain gives you the answer of, oh, I have to go do sales. And you go, no, that's, I don't, I don't do that. No, yeah. that so right there. Works. That's the time when you say, that's the uncomfortable thing. That's the thing I actually need to go do because it's uncomfortable. And that's how I grow. Right. And exactly. And whenever I hear like, I, I, we have been so good for so many people, but there are those folks out there that get a hold of me like, well, I'm really bad at doing sales or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so you want this up to the point that you get uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't help you with that. Like you've got to make a decision that not being comfortable all the time and and, uh, pursuing growth is what you want or be happy with where you're at because that's where you're going to stay. Those are your options, man. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's do it. Stay or get uncomfortable. Oh man. Okay. So we, we fast forwarded through a ton of stuff um, mm-hmm. from the beginning of your PDR journey to real world PDR. And we'll come back to that. But um, I want to talk a little bit about how you, you grew your, you in the midst of growing your business and struggling through all that, you tried to use some external substances to help with that process, but didn't 100%. quite turn out um, as well as you thought. What's the story so, behind that? So absolutely. So I already had businesses going. I had everything, but I was in a really toxic relationship, which we can talk about. If you're in one, just get out. Uh, Done. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it, it's so much. I've found for me anyways, it dictated so much of my life, but I'm not going to blame her for anything. But what ended up what, what does toxic mean? How about that? Maybe you um, find that. It, I'm trying not to point fingers because that's, that's what fine. losers do. What I, what, we didn't get along. I tried my best. I never felt like it was good enough. Um, so I was always pursuing that next thing. Cause I really wanted to make her happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to say this without saying what I want to say. Uh, I try to make it a, a habit to take my own personal responsibility and not blame other people for yeah, shit. That's a, that's a very good growth mindset, but, and I know you're on the cusp of saying something that could be important. I want, I want to hear you said, if you're in a toxic relationship, okay. get out. Like okay. what does toxic mean? You don't have I'll to blame what, her. How about, but... how about I back this up? Because okay, it really right. started getting really bad when I bought, brought drugs home. Okay. Sure. So, so I, what happened was, is I, I, I do still enjoy marijuana at times. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, a, it's like a sleep aid for me. I make no apologies for it. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I needed to get all of this stuff done. So I brought meth home people because I pissed out for marijuana. I couldn't get my prescription to Adderall. And then I killed myself with research. Come to find out. Adderall, methamphetamine is the same thing, except for the way it's made in an inert methyl group, right? Mm-hmm. So that's cool that you have that knowledge, but the dots that I wasn't connecting there is you can use meth all day and all night long and absolutely fry your brain and your wife's brain. <laughs> so yes. the thing about that drug is it'll make you focus on something so hard. And I focused on work uh, and she focused on me, right? She was under the impression I was cheating on her all the time. I was stone faithful. This woman is neither here nor there. And she was never able, even after the drug stopped, she was never able to get out of that. Uh, the damage had been done. Mm-hmm. We were constantly bicking at each other. But 
um, and let me tell you, if you are tempted to, to use a substance like that, I haven't been sober since I was 16. I'm completely sober except for THC at night now. Um, and if you're tempted to do something, understand that, yeah, man, you can build businesses quick on meth because you're staying up 24 hours a day. But it's like building Legos straight up, right? There's no, like, support system there. There's no strong base. You're, you're growing fast as shit, but one thing, boom, comes crumbling down. I've really found that just slowing down, taking my time to do things right and building a, a solid base and focusing on slow and steady growth is the way to go. So I can't be upset what meth helped me achieve, but I ruined my health. I ruined uh, my mentality for a while. I, I took shots at people who, I mean, everybody remembers the Daniel Grom video. Like mm -hmm. he did not deserve that. That was a meth fueled rant is mm -hmm. what that was. And I've had to go back and kiss ass and apologize for that shit. <laughs> Like, and his, he doesn't want anything to do with me. And I don't fucking blame him. Like, that's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but everything could have come to the top of it. And by the, by the grace of me just trying to be open, uh, I, I told everybody and everybody was really supportive whenever I started getting off the meth. You know, mm -hmm. like I had ma made a whole video about it and admitted it. Because for me, I wanted people to know that, you know, this content's still good. But, you know, these 30 videos, <laughs> you're going to see a fucking meth addict trying to teach you how to do oh, PDR, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. feel like I owed that to people. Um, and I kind of got sidetracked there. But, hey, good news is is I've been clean of meth for a year. Mm -hmm. um, I've quit alcohol. Uh, I don't even drink sugary drinks anymore. I got my tea, water. That's right. I feel a million times better, and I'm so clear-minded, and, and, and I'm still focused, you know what I mean? But not to an unhealthy extent like I was. Yeah, like focused, so, but you sleep. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I sleep. Um, I don't spend hours and hours and hours on little minute bullshit problems. I don't obsess over things. Yeah. You know, it's almost like I tell people get in that hot air balloon and be able to go up and look down at everything as a whole instead of focusing on all the little problems. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Hard to put out fires whenever you're standing in it. Uh, and I'm able to do that now. That's awesome, man. Um, and I think there's I think there's a couple lessons in that too. I think um, from my through everything I've learned from personal development, the, the, the things I've gone to, the people I've talked to, um, I think that what ends up happening is the, I, the mess that you have in your life becomes your message. And I think that there's nobody better to talk about the situation that you put yourself in and got out of than you because you've been there and went through it. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think that everything happens for you and not to you. It wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, like everything happens in the end happens for you. If you can, if you can shape it to be that way. So, um, one, how did you stop? I, I, I mean, I've known people in my own personal life, my aunt, um, um, one of my aunts, <laughs> um, went down that road. How, how do you stop that? Um, and then what have you learned from that message and how it helps you focus on the mindset and stuff inside of the real world PDR? So uh, this is the thing that I can give my ex uh, some good credit for. She was able, actually able to quit before I did. And she took my daughter from me. Took my daughter from me. Would not let me see my daughter until I, I passed drug tests. I quit that day. Uh, I was done. Now, you know, it's, it's priorities. My daughter is more important to me than any fucking drug. Um, and then what's interesting is whenever you get off that drug, is it's like a it's like a dark veil's lifted. Like I saw colors again. Like the world's kind of gray, and you don't even realize it. You know, saw colors again. My my mind was clear, and I started realizing everything that I had fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. seeing it from it's almost it's almost like watching you know in the past yourself 
but you're not even you then. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. holy shit, I did that? What? Like, uh, videos yeah, that you recorded, you're like, what? Well, I mean, and so like, but that's what I was focused on. I was putting yeah. out high ass quality videos yeah. because I was spending 24 hours on one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was because like, it was a strong desire to make sure I was putting out the best content. So my heart was always in the right place. Yeah. The methodology was completely Means, fucked up. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. I always tell people like one of the first things that you can do um, is develop that. Why? Like, why, why do you want to start a PDR business? Why do you want to move into online training? Why do you want to do this? And I think for you, the big, a big dominant why in your life is your daughter. I think it is for a lot of people is their kids. And um, if you have a strong enough, why it doesn't matter how you have to get there, but you will get there. And so if your why is to see your child, it doesn't matter if you have to, to give up meth or not, that, that stuff's done. Right. And so if you right. can develop a why, like it is it, a lot of it's a big part of, of for me too, is my family. Like, why do I want to create the business that I'm creating? Um, it's for my family because, because the why will carry you through times when you don't have that motivation or you don't have the desire to go do something, but you'll do it anyways, because that why is, is strong enough to carry you through that. Um, that's what worked for me, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, so back into the real world PDR thing, you're training and you're doing, um, mental training, um, as well inside there. And then on top of that, you decided to start a podcast as well. <laughs> Uh, So that was actually, so the podcast idea was long ago, um, but I just told everybody like, listen, I will be on your podcast, but I'm not trying to set up another thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at this time, I also had revolution PDR tools. So I was running three different businesses and I was like, this is too much. So actually Michael Glidewell from Dentmate, he's actually the one that got the real world Horror podcast started. Mm -hmm. So that's that guy's brainchild. Gotcha. Um, And I just show up and I say the words that I say and people listen apparently (laughs) so yeah man but the thing is is i love everything that i do everything i do i love and i think that's going back to that like Mm -hmm. i love being on the podcast i love talking to people i love helping people um even if it's kind of selfish sometimes you actually called me out on that do you remember i do yeah that was our first interaction that we've ever had (laughs) yep you called me out uh on my imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. like uh so for those who don't know it's it's like whenever you look at your life and it feels like somebody else did it and you're just living in somebody else's world, right? Uh, I've got that, you know, and, and helping people kind of make it, it makes my life feel more legitimate to me. And actually he called me out the very first time we interacted. He's like, you look like you have imposter syndrome. I was like, fuck you, man, for <laughs> being <you>. so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, we were, there was like a Facebook thread going and I ended up sending you like a message, like a message on the side. Cause I don't, I don't like, ever like to be the guy that calls somebody out um you know publicly or whatever but i messaged like hey i think this might be something that you're that you're dealing with but i mean kudos to you because you didn't i mean you didn't deny it you denied it jokingly there but you didn't deny it. you're like yeah you're you're that's that's true it is and so it's almost like the the helping people is a compulsion because it makes me feel better so yeah. like is it selfish at that point or am I still doing good work? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a a gray area. (laughs) It's a servant leadership um, situation. I believe, I think that um, was Jim Rohn, maybe that said, if you give enough other people what they want, you'll get what you want. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the desire. I think if you focus only on what you want and you're going to get that no matter what it can lead you down incorrect paths whether that's cheating or 
or manipulating people or making up lies about your competition or getting on meth so that you can run faster. Right. right. Um, but when you're, when you come at it from a perspective of helping others, um, all those things don't, you, those things don't feel that objective. Um, they do when it's all selfish. Um, yeah. and so I think you're, I think you're definitely on the right track as far as like helping others get what they want. It'll definitely help you get what you want. And I think that's kind of what you're doing with the, uh, real world PDR. I think it's cool. Man, one thing that I've, I've, I've discovered in my life, and this is even outside of real world PDR mm-hmm. is the quickest and surest way I found to accumulate, uh, wealth and personal satisfaction is to change somebody else's life for the better because those same people are going to throw you on their back and carry you to your next goal just out of appreciation. It's just natural, right? And it's it's proof. Like whenever I see somebody pumping real world because I helped them, they're growing my business for me because I created a career for them and it feels phenomenal. And all I really set out to do was help that one guy. And now he's helping me, right? So, I mean, that's it's proof of the theory right there. It works. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, I think we're both in the same, in the same, um, I don't know, area in our same headspace, same mindset on that um, with helping other people to get what you want. Um, I think that's exactly what I'm doing. We, we talked um, yeah. a few months ago about having this podcast interview and then I actually chatted. I don't know if we can talk about this or not, but if not, I'll edit it out. But we came to an agreement because um, I have clients and I'm teaching them the mindset. I don't want, I don't want to teach them how to do PDR. Like I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't help coach people who can't fix dents because they can't, they can't do what I need them to do if they can't fix dance. Like you can market all day right. and, and fix the mindset, but if you can't fix dance, like you got to have both right? yeah. <laughs> in the business right. to, to try to teach people. So a lot of people said like, you need to come up with, um, with some training videos and some of this, I, I'm like, okay, I I've been doing dance for, you know, 15 years. I could do that. Blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't like doing, I don't like making videos. I actually suck right. really badly making videos for my own business to promote it. Um, and so I called you and <laughs> I was like, Hey, yeah, right? <laughs> um, you have lots of dent repair videos and I, my clients want dent repair videos. So, um, we came up with a deal that if someone goes up, signs up for my coaching program and they need training, they get access to your site. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's only fair. I mean, I, I, it's really going to get you guys the entire, the entire package mm-hmm. between, between him teaching you better mindset and how to grow your business and well, think about growing your business even. Yeah. And then I have the technical skills over here. Like, that's the whole package. Like yeah. that's, that's, if, if I signed up for one, I would be signing up for the other, frankly. Yeah. You, you have to have both, you know, um, yeah. whether you can fix dents already and need some advanced skills training, that's fine. Or whether you are good at fixing dents, but you're underperforming on the revenue. Like you look at other guys yep. and I mean, if you can, I firmly believe that if you can fix, if you can fix some dents, some small dents, you can make six figures in this business for sure. If you can fix Why the it? big dents and the somewhat smashed up stuff and you'll, and you're willing to say like, yeah, I can fix most anything someone puts in front of me, at least make it passable to most retail customers out there. Maybe not the pickiest of picky people, but if you can do that, I mean, multiple six figures is definitely 100%. not out of the question. And no, if you're not making that-, that, then it's, it's, it's in your head. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I was, I was getting ready to interject with that and I'm sorry, but yeah, I think that if you're not doing six figures or multiple six figures, if you've taken the time to get there, it's probably something that you don't want that bad, really, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because I mean, or maybe it's, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a knowledge gap. I don't know. If you want it, 
if you want, you say you want that, but you're not there yet. There's something limiting, limiting you. There's a belief yeah, you have so, with yourself that you're like, for instance, for you, you're only worth $70,000. You know how to get right. there, whether it's sales or marketing or this or that, but you're like, that's not, I, I don't do sales. I'm like, okay, well then you don't do 200 K a year either. Then like what? what you want? Yeah. You yeah. Know? So there's either, there's either a knowledge gap, which people are like you and I are offering mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. there's, there's a, uh, uh, unwillingness to be just a, bit, a hair uncomfortable like probably and that's if you had to boil it down i'd say those are the two biggest fucking problems 100 percent, totally agree with you um what do you think about the future of our industry it's a question i've asked i've been asking most people um because mm-hmm. i'm curious about what other people think obviously you're training you're training a lot of people to come into the industry some people can look at that yeah. and say what the fuck are you doing dude I was I was the last guy that's supposed to be in here. No one, no one else, right? Um, and I will happily tell them to fuck off. Also. <laughs> I believe you. Well, listen, listen. You go into your market unless you live in Colorado where it hails all the time. Like, yeah. you know, seven, eight out of ten people don't even know PDR exists. Yes. You know, when competition moved into my town, mm-hmm. I was I went over, I introduced myself, I tried to help them out however I can because if we can double up on the marketing, we're going to raise awareness for it. Like the the future of PDR is great and. I think the YouTube vids you're help, helping too. It's it's setting like watch Bryce Kelly. He does it to me. He's setting a higher bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can get on board with that, things like Dentmate, Mobile Tech RX are getting our prices standardized. Mm-hmm. The future's great. And yeah. somebody who is so concerned that they weren't the last person to get in the PDR, they've got job insecurity and they got to figure out what the fuck is wrong where they're not secure in their position. Mm-hmm. Are, are you doing yeah. shit work? Is your marketing suck? What's going on? It's because this guy, like whatever this guy's doing doesn't affect me a bit, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. if he starts to affect me, I'll crush him. Like, cause that's business, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and then probably offer him a fucking job. If you can. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> know your competition, man. Um, keep them, what is it? Keep your enemies closer, I guess. Um, is, yeah. but yeah, so future of the PDR industry is, um, a lot of growth on the retail side. Um, yep. and that's what you'd agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree. And as you bring in more technicians into industry and they spread out across the, across the country, then we have decisions to make as current business owners in those markets. Um, yeah. One, we can be insecure and have a scarcity mindset that like, Oh no, now he's going to come take what I have, or you can mm-hmm. have the abundance mindset in the situation that he can come in. And now we have more people marketing for PDR and more people will know about PDR, more people will be available to do it. I mean, you can't, I mean, the percentage of people that I service in the, my Sacramento, California market is, is like a fraction of 1%, a yeah, fraction of 1%. Exactly. I can't even so, service all of them. So what do I get? I, I don't, I want more people to know what PDR is, you know, overall, even though like, oh, like, oh, these are supposed to be my customers. But if, if 5% of Sacramento, which I think is a definitely a realistic number, 5% of people would want their dents fixed. Um, I can't do that. That's like yeah. half a million people. <laughs> or, right. You know? Well, if, if you think that you can grow it so you can take over Sacramento, yeah. hey, more power yeah. to you. And but, hire those people though. I can't, I can't do it myself. Well, exactly. That's With people saying. I could. Like, yeah. Grow your business like yeah. that. Set yourself up like that. But also what I found is, you know, uh, we lost a lot of technicians. We lost three technicians to hail this year. I don't oh. even want to do that again. Yeah. I was, I was going, we were running four technicians, uh, two R and I guys off man, I'd make just as much money doing the work myself and hanging out and being cool. Like, so, so for me now, that whole growing the business, I'm mm-hmm. not interested. You know, I'm just not, it was just too much pressure for me um, and taking on a sober life and realizing that I need to spend more time with my family, yeah. do things that I actually enjoy instead of working. 
I have found where I'm happy mm-hmm. and I'm just going to stay there. So, you know, yeah. people coming into my market doesn't fucking bother me at all. If you start stepping on my toes, I'll destroy you. But that's yeah. business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's part of the journey is figuring out what you want that makes you happy. And you don't know until you try stuff. Try stuff, figure it out, be like, um, I don't actually like that. I tried to build a business. It was great. I learned a lot, but it, it's not what I want. And so I'm going to stay, you know, I'm going to focus more on real world PDR or more on whatever. And that's, whatever that's where I'm at. And it's, it's even like, it's even with income. I found a happy income. I like my yeah. income. Yeah. I don't aspiring to, to double it mm-hmm. is simply doubling my workload mm-hmm. and taking time away from my family and stuff like that. So I'm actually happy with that. And I know people say you need to be grinding every day. Fuck yeah. that. I tried that. Okay. I can I, ch- meth. can <laughs> I, yeah, I, I tried that times like five, right? right? Can I, can I challenge you on that though? Cause um, I think 100%. the, I think the real world PDR thing um, has potential to, to multiply more than your physical work hours. Um, oh yeah, so th- no. So that's a different animal. I'm talking about the shop. Okay, yeah, you're talking about the shop, but I'm talking, yeah, okay. So you're talking just the shop. You're fine where the income is for you. You can you're working whatever hours you're working per week and make it yeah. that you're fine. But overall, you do still have aspirations of growth because again, I don't think you can. I don't think you can just stay in an exact same spot and never move. I think you're either going that's forward or me. backward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and actually, and actually, you know, the most proud thing that I ever did, the yeah. most my my accomplishment is on youtube i have one video and it's the one where i confessed to everybody that i was on drugs i know of five people who are now drug free because of that video wow so that's powerful to me more than money that's powerful to me so i'm actually kind of heading in that direction as well so i want real world to be my my main dig and i'm gonna you know keep doing that but i'd also like to help people like that so this is the first time i'm talking about it in public I'm heading in that direction. I've actually talked to some uh, drug rehabilitation counselors and getting speaking events and that kind of thing, because that makes a difference to my happiness. You know what I mean? It's not a paying paying gig. Right. Exactly. My fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. When's the, when's the first one then? I don't know yet. I don't know. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm starting to record a little bit of material for it. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be a completely separate channel that I'll make sure that I link and you guys yeah, can yeah. see it yeah, and what yeah, have you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also hashtag the new blue collar is it's on the same ilk. They're all connected, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have fucked up, you can still live a dream life yeah. uh, by getting into trades, being a blue collar worker with, you know, a little bit of business savvy and some work ethic. So we're also starting that. So there's actually a whole lot of projects in the work. So what's the, can you explain that? I have seen you, uh, seen that hashtag a few times on some of your posts, the, the new mm-hmm. blue collar. What, what is that for you? Well, define well, also, blue collar, define the old blue collar and then what, it, what the new is to you. It's not even so much new versus old. It's okay. the connotation that blue collar carries, correct? Like, yeah. you know, the white collar is the boss man. He's the mm-hmm. guy with all the money. He's whatever. So I'd like to see the idea of blue collar workers and tradespeople shift uh, to where like, you know, damn, I'm a blue collar worker, right? When it comes down to it. Yeah. But I drive my dream car. I live in a house that I am absolutely in love with. Like I still mm-hmm. live a great life in blue collar land. Uh, and I'm not straddled with, you know, college loan debt's going to take me 30, 30 years to pay off. Yeah. Uh, had I gotten caught for half the shit that I did whenever I was young and I was a felon, I could still be living this life. Like yeah. blue collar is not a bad thing. There's a lot of potential in blue collar. And I just want to change the connotation of what people think when they hear of blue collar workers. I 100% agree with that. I've been in blue collar for a long time. I've actually started 
um, other blogs and other things about blue collar, which, you know, one of, well, we should hook up, up on that shit. Chalk it up mm-hmm. to one of the things that, um, I did and it didn't work, which is fine. Cause that's how I learned. Mm-hmm. I suck at writing. I'm great. Right. <laughs> um, speaking, but I'm no good at writing. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that's so true. I think, um, if we can digress a little bit off PDR, um, kind of in the same zone, but, um, the blue collar work, I mean, think about right now, this is such a good time. Um, the COVID times, um, the blue collar workers are out there making, making things, making things still run in this world. Um, and I don't think people appreciate that enough. And I think that kids, my age, I'm 34 and a little bit younger than me have never had an appreciation for blue collar. They took, um, auto shop and wood shop and everything out of schools. Um, and said Mm -hmm. the only path to be great and successful in life is go to college. Yeah, that's, that's not true. I think the only way to be successful in life is to learn a skill. Sometimes you can 100%. learn skills in college. Sometimes you can learn skills with your own two hands in YouTube. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Hey, listen, uh, I'm getting ready to take some college courses. I'm getting ready to take speech classes in college, right? Yeah. Because I want to learn that. Yeah. There's a I don't want to take the math courses and this and waste my money on all the stuff that I don't need. Like, sure. you know, yeah. I'm driving towards a goal and I know what I need and get that goal. Like mm-hmm. college is not. I want my doctor to have a degree, you know, I want the engineer to have a degree, you know, like that, but there is nothing wrong with telling your kids. It's okay to go work with your hands. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You can live a dream job. And let me tell you, let me ask you this. Uh, I live where Purdue university is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You have colleges around you as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're triple quadrupling the income of a lot of these easily, uh, easily. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like you went to college, you're strapped with this and I'm making four times more money than you. Yeah. The connotation of what blue collar is needs to change yeah. at the end 100%. of the day. You know? I, I am, I am a prime example of, of growing up in that millennial generation of blue collar. So um, my dad started a business in 1991, Dent Pro. I was five. Um, I grew up in it, saw him do it, et cetera. I actually, in 2009, which, or no, not 2009, 2007, good timing. Everything was kind of iffy in the economy. His business was suffering, like hurting, like everything else, yada, yada. I was in college. So went through college all that time, um, graduated from college and was like, okay, finally, I graduated from college. Now I don't have to work in this blue collar, like this blue collar job. Like my dad made me do dense, like, um, I get it. It's fine. I work with my hands. Yada, yada. Now I'm going to go do like a real, like a real big, big kid job. That's like what I thought as like an eight or 20, what, when do I graduate college? 21, 22 year old kid. Um, mm-hmm. I was out there for two years. I did different sales companies. I worked for a trucking company. I went into medical device sales. I was doing like these white collar jobs. I was having meetings and being on conference calls and all that. I, I fucking hated it, dude. Every, yeah, every minute of it. I was traveling. I was like a, a, a traveling salesman all over Northern California and all this stuff. And I finally called my dad and I was like, I quit. I need to come back and fix dents. And my, now my appreciation for what I have now is like so much greater than, so I've been in the white collar world and had that mentality. Um, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And uh, I think the, the benefits that you get from the blue collar world is like just doing something with your hands and seeing it finished and having the customer's reaction um, happen right after that, whether it's car mechanic, PDR, detailer, any of those blue collar plumber, electrician list goes on. You can't, you can't match that, man. That's helping other people. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to again. It's helping other people. Dude, let me give a shout out to Joseph DeBauer. He was an engineer. He came for some in-person training because he hated engineering, (laughs) but that's where his parents were pushing him. As he came from a family of engineers, he came, in-person training and while he was at training he called up his job and quit he went from white collar engineer job to blue collar in the middle of training he's actually working hail now being real successful in pdr 
Like, what's up, Joseph? That, that was so an awesome, awesome moment dude. for me. Whenever he's getting on the phone, he's, and, I, and I heard the conversation, he's like, yep, nope, I'm done. He quit his engineering job to come be a PDR tech and join our little family. Wow. Went to school for it, spent money, spent the time, all that stuff. Is he making more now? I'm pretty damn for, sure. Probably. We need to confirm that, but I'm sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful, man. I love that. So Very that cool. was just, just think about that. Like, just think about, uh, this is a real situation where guys living in the white collar world and he fucking hates it, but that's mm -hmm. what we were all sold that mm -hmm. we're around this 30 year old rate. Yeah. We're yeah. all sold that you need to go to college if college you're going to be anybody. Yeah. What a fucking hunk of bullshit. bullshit like <laughs> I barely graduated high school. I was a Marine. I stumbled around in life. I did whatever. Yeah. But once I found that thing and I was passionate about it and I drove towards it every single day, like, my my college graduate friends are jelly you know what i mean like yeah 100 percent, dude i mean i have a lot i have a lot of friends um who went that route in in medical device and other things and i mean I, I don't talk to them a lot about how much i make now but i pretty much know how much they make going i can find it online <laughs> like if they know their position and i can like okay you know if i really are they happy to, and ask them that are, are they happy do they love their yeah. job like we love our job i i don't i don't think you see passion in white collar um, I don't think you do either. I think it might be for the fact that I think in some, in some entrepreneurs, I do, I, I know some like loan officer entrepreneurs and stuff, and they seem to be pretty happy, but the white collar guys that work at the fortune 500 companies, um, I, I have a tough time seeing, it's seeing what's, that what's passion. just playing the climb the ladder yeah, game. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's, that's where your joy comes from. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, and for me, that's, that's not me. Right. And there, there are people that that works for, I'm not going to say the blue collar is for everybody, but I don't think white collar is either. I think there, I think there at least should be an option. I think that 100%. it should be go to college. If that's what you want. Some people are great. Some people are book smart. Some people love that stuff. Some people like writing reports, like all those, I, that's great. Go do that. But those kids that struggle, um, that want to work with their hands, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be, um, that shouldn't be beaten out of them, I guess. Is the Absolutely best. not. That's that the, needs to be fostered. In, in the digress, forward. you and I are going to talk more about this because I would like to. I would like to do something with you on the new blue collar because I'm I'm fully in, on board with that. Um, last question: You yep. train a lot of new people coming in. Obviously, that's like your market is like brand new, brand new technicians. Um, what's the best advice you have some for somebody? thinking i have a lot of people that listen to my podcast that are new and or haven't even started yet mm -hmm. what do you do do you have to get pdr training can you learn it on your own what's the benefits of getting pdr training like what what, what do you what's the advice you have for them if they called up and asked like hey i'm thinking about doing this uh, i don't think in-person training is absolutely necessary i think that's okay. your fast forward button right. uh, because kyle sweeting out there he was one of my very first yeah. signups he learned fully online, fully online on real world PDR. He's still signed up. He's still mm -hmm. learning, but he's making good money doing it now. So I don't yeah. think, I think the in-person training is your fast forward button. My advice would be learn from everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, try everybody's style. Like if you don't love, you know, that I cuss, that I'm a little bit rough around the edges, go see what Mike Leo has to offer, you yeah. know, but just, just pick up something from everybody at this point. Just be a sponge. Like, Eat, shit let's relate this to life everybody has something to teach me you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i didn't i didn't invent the majority of what i'm teaching i stole it from like hundreds of texts that i've worked with over the years you know what i mean like so absolutely i'm not the gospel and i hope you guys innovate shit and teach me things i'm still trying to learn every day but at this new starting point in your career you should just be a fucking sponge 
absolutely sign up for realwithpdr.com. We've proven that it works. Uh, but if it's not for you, find another one. Just listen to everybody. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that too. Um, about not knowing everything too. I have to explain to a lot of clients that like, and same thing with you, like I'm not, you know, we're not here to tell you something that, that can't be found out on your own. Like you can learn PDR on your own. Like my dad taught me PDR. I had no training courses or anything. He learned in 91. It probably took him 10 years to get fucking decent at fixing, you know, a one inch dent to glass. Um, took right. me probably before because, um, he was training me and I was like basically all on my own real world practice. Now, I mean, now guys do it in one yeah. six months. I mean, the guys, the guys, dude, doing it's stuff almost intimidating. Yeah. It's almost intimidating. <laughs> like I have, I had a guy who had five hours worth of uh, actual tool time Yeah, and he came, uh, but he's watched all the content. That's why yeah. that's my only prerequisite to come to in-person training is you have to yeah. watch the content just yeah. at least through the intermediate section, mm-hmm. you know? And within his two weeks, he was pushing stretched hail dents. Yeah. I didn't do that you shit were, for like, like yeah, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For 10 years, I wasn't pushing stretched hail dents and he's doing it after a two week course and a whole yeah. bunch of videos. And so it's almost scary, but it's also a source of pride. Like what are these new guys going to be like whenever I'm the old man of PDR, like looking at them, like, holy mm-hmm. shit, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, I, ta- I taught, I taught that guy. I taught that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I had a hand in that, <laughs> but like, Hey, that's part of the journey. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like I'm making my mark on this industry and that's very satisfying too. hundred percent. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to condense the building of your business down from like what it takes people 10 years to do into a shorter, into a shorter time frame. because nothing that I teach my clients or work with my clients or anything can't be found by reading the same books I read and listening to podcasts and following people and going to seminars and learning all the mental training tools that I, that I've developed. But, but what I can do is I can decrease that time five years yeah. to five months. Like that's my goal is like take the five years to create that, that multiple six figure business is bring it down into one. Let's bring it down to yeah. one year. There's no reason it can't be done if you have the right steps to do so. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you've just boiled all that down to the important applicable things. And yeah. that's what you're giving your clients. That's wonderful, man. Yeah. Same with the PDR training. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we actually, this very last minute, so I'm glad we made it happen. Um, yeah, I was man. just the same way we got, actually got connected the first time. I was just kind of being a smart ass on your Facebook post. And you said, what do people do on Tuesdays? I said, record podcasts. Because I've asked uh, you like five times. Oh, <laughs> dude. Like, I just, it's just a shit time in my life, man. And I'm so sorry. But I'm glad. I hope, I, I I hope if, you're ever short, uh, if you're ever short somebody, you give me another buzz, man. Like, that'd I appreciate this. Yeah, that'd be super fun. I appreciate it. It was fun times. Um, go check them out. Uh, what is it? Realworldpdr.com. Yep. Okay, perfect, man. Um, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR coach podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR coach or find me on my website at coachcoreyk.com. C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.